Hey, Paul. Hey, Fab. How's it going? Good. You? Good. 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 First episode of 2024. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Which might sound weird based on when I actually end up publishing this. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, maybe. So, what are you talking about today, Fab? Uh, yeah, you were proposing something interesting that we had a hard time to name. <laughs> so, uh, it's about the winning state of mind in sales, but also, I think more specifically, aligning your sales with client objectives and the buyer's journey. I think that's, you know, if I really had to summarize what we were going to talk about today, that's, that's what I would, um, call it. Um, so, you know, before we go, I know you have like four or five points or something that you wanted to, to, to discuss, but, uh, before we get into that, kind of, what did you, what, what brought up this, this idea? Okay. All right. Great question. So, what brought this up is, you know, as you know, you and I both work with clients who are trying to increase uh, their, their, their sales, they're trying to make things better, they're trying to grow, they're trying to grow their teams, they're trying to make their operations better, they're trying to, they're, they're trying to create efficiency in their company. And obviously, naturally, naturally, as a human being, they're working on their own stuff, they're working internally, they're, they're making their products better, they're creating better services, they're training their people better, they're coaching their people better. But usually it's all about the product or the service. And when you have a complex product, there's a lot of learning to be done there, which is important. But what then often happens is that when the reps go out or the people go out, they forget. (laughs) They forget that the client might have an objective or a need and they just try to... um, they just talk about the immediate problem or challenge and just, you know, sell the fix um, yeah. with, without really going deeper into what matters to the client. And I see it a lot. I see it a lot. I see it enormously. And what it does is it, 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 it creates, uh, it puts uh, sand in the gears because it slows things down because human beings like to be considered and understand and understood um, hence if you're not doing that, yes, it might be a good product and yes, it might help them out. But if they feel you're just selling them something, then they might just buy something from you and your supplier and you won't become a partner. Hence mm-hmm. you won't really develop that more, uh, long lasting, uh, deeper relationship. That was a long intro. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's an interesting topic because, you know, obviously it, it changes company to company and, and industry to industry. Uh, but I tend to work with a lot of, you know, tech companies and, and SaaS companies. And, um, you know, I find my experience has been a lot that, you know, product, you know, whoever develops a product or creates a product or tends to care a lot about what the customers think. And they usually have some sort of a decent process to figure out what customers want and need because that's what helps their product. Yeah become more sticky, but you're completely right. I feel like completely breaks down when and I'm maybe being a bit dramatic here, but that breaks down when we get to marketing and sales, uh, customer service a little less because they deal with customers directly and they hear about what, you know, the pains and, and whatnot directly, but definitely marketing and sales tend to forget yeah. a lot about all that. So a lot of effort gets put into, you know, the product and how we're offering, especially if that's it, if, like obviously we're we are the product, right? We offer our own services. Yeah. But if you have like uh, developers that are developing a product, or if you have you know separate people who execute 
you know, what's being sold, uh, like on a services side or, you know, IT companies and all that. They, they all care a lot about what the customers want because that's what they need to deliver. But yeah, so I'm excited to talk about this because um, how can we help salespeople and sales teams and, you know, and, and as a result, also marketing teams be more aligned with client objectives and well, it, it, it's a state of mind. And the first thing I'd say in your state of mind is, and <laughs> the client doesn't give a shit about your product or your service. They don't, right. they don't care. And if you think that you're going to get them to care about your product or service, you're, you know, you're in la la land. So your first state of mind should be, I'm not here to push my product or service. My state of mind should be, the first thing, so if I put this into top five things, the first thing is you should know or find out your client's objectives. And how do you do that? Well, it's in the title of the podcast. <laughs> Ask the right question. So number one, take the time to really find out what your client objectives are. What do I mean by that? Beyond what your product will fix immediately, what does it enable your client to achieve? What are they yeah. trying to achieve? You know. Um, to give an example, if you sell um, if, if you sell a service that helps a company work a little bit better and they sell uh, they manufacture bicycles, well, ultimately, you're helping them sell more bicycles. Yes, true. But ultimately, you might be helping them to grow their company. You might be helping them to grow into another country. You might be helping them uh, develop that new model that they want to put out next year. So understand, take the time to ask the questions to understand you as a part of you as a cog in the wheel what are you enabling them to do what are you enabling them to achieve ultimately when you're going yeah. further into this that's num to me that's number one that's the first thing so that's part of your state of mind okay it's not just about me and my product it's about you know first thing is i need to find out their objectives tactically speaking so how do you do that you ask the right questions <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I think you're right i think you know like um you know and, and obviously this is not the show's Specifically, but we've talked about asking questions a lot. And I find, you know, when we talk about asking questions, I think a visual that a lot of people have are there must be a list of questions somewhere. Like, just give me the list of questions I need to ask, right? And we know it's not that, but uh, we talked about how that's not the fact. Um, but so I like what you're saying, where it's your state of mind, like going into that call or these calls, you know, depending on how many, however number of calls you need to understand. To, you have to go into those calls knowing you know there's something, right? Like I, even just me, I was speaking to somebody today and they're like, yeah, here's kind of the things we want, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, great, let's 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 schedule some time to, to discuss, you know, but if, if I'm able to get to a state of mind when I start that call starts, I said, okay, but there's a reason why they want yeah, all this. Exactly. You know, and I need, and yeah. let's try to get to that. Yeah. And, you know, Let's, let's face it, in reality, you're not always going to be uh, successful, right? Some people are, are more guarded. Sometimes it's a little bit more, it's more difficult uh, to get there. You know, training, coaching and all that, you know, are, will help. But if you don't have them, it, it might be difficult. Some people are just tire kickers, right? And so they're... Well, that's they're it. Reasonable. And if you take the time to ask those questions, a very good point, Fab. If you take the time to ask questions, you know, usually open-ended questions about why they're even willing to speak with you. Like I've said this to you before, but one, I think I've said this to you before, maybe I just said it on LinkedIn. Um, one of the questions I love asking is what are, you know, you've accepted this meeting. What are your, 
what are your expectations from this meeting? That's a great yeah. way to find out what are their objectives. And then, then you just follow up with questions. And even with someone who's non-verbose or, or quiet, if they accepted the meeting, they'll tell you, well, I accepted the meeting because, you know, I'm hoping to find a fix to this problem or, or to create an opportunity here. Oh, and then mm -hmm. the next question becomes once they've told you all that, well, you know, what does that enable you to do? So right. those objectives are really important, but I, I'm sure you forget sometimes <laughs> we sell this stuff and I'm sure I forget to do it because when, yeah. when you know your product is so right and your client sees it, sometimes we forget to go there because it's like, yeah. you know, like in your case, yeah, we need HubSpot and we need an integrator. And, you know, you're, what you're saying, Fab, is all the right stuff. And the client says, yeah. And then you might forget to go to that next stage. And it's not the end of the world. But at one point, you should have that conversation because you should understand, you know, you, if I take you specifically or me, what do our services bring to them to help them move forward? Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before. And I think it's a good intro to your next next point which is the buyer's understanding the buyer's journey is that not all prospects that you're talking to are, are the same. Right. And we've talked about this before where if, and maybe that's happened, doesn't happen as much with you, but for me, it definitely has or does, you know, when, when people are out there buying software, let's say CRMs specifically, you know, you you have broadly two types of people. You have the people that are like, I don't know what I want like this, maybe that, I don't know, you know, and then, yeah then you need to dive and understand their objectives and understand all yeah. that. But then there's the, the seasoned buyer, right? Yeah. Like this is a sales leader who's bought 16 CRMs already throughout his career or her career. And she knows exactly what she needs. She's like, she doesn't need to dive deeper. She's like, I understand the value of the CRM. I know because I've, yeah. I've implemented some. Uh, I want to get HubSpot. I just need somebody to help me yeah. implement it. But then she'll um, confirm it to you. She'll say, hey, look, I've done this yeah. 16 times before. I know exactly what I need. I know it's going to help me do this, this, that. And then you might just say, hey, that's great. You know, when you say this, this, that, can you tell me more about that? She might say, oh, yeah. we're going to do this. So it's just show. it's basically showing interest yeah. in the objective of your client. So even if they know exactly what they want, which is fine, you can still show interest in what their objectives are. Right? Yeah. Say, hey, I'm really happy. You know exactly what you need, and I'll help you out with that. Hey, can I just ask you? You know, it's just and it's basic human human knowledge, and and that brings us into buyer's journey, right? And which yeah. is, I think it's a very good segue what you said because that buyer that you're talking about, she's into her buyer's journey. She's already at well, I'm 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 ready to buy, right? But right. You know, in the typical buyer's journey, there's you know there's there's you know. I'm not aware at all of what's going on. Then there's awareness. Then there's interest. Then there's a, the, 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 I guess there's moving towards trust. People call it different things. And then there's finally the, the, the decision process. And then, yes, we're going to go ahead. So yeah. you, you, I think as a salesperson, we don't teach this enough, but you need to go and look at what typically happens in buyer's journey. And it's stupid that we don't teach it because really everyone, most people have bought something. So you can even look internally at yourself and say, well, when I buy something, you know, and it's mostly B2C, what is my buyer's journey? And if you're yeah. lucky enough to have bought something B2B, you can also look at what your buyer's journey is. Yeah. You know, little, little parentheses here. What often happens is that a lot of salespeople haven't been in a B2B uh, buying position and think that it's very different to be selling B2B than it is B2C. It is very different, but there are some similarities where as emotion is still tied in. So if you haven't done B2B buying, take the time to understand 
that buyer's journey and what the person is going through. What do you think about that? Yeah. And I mean, I think that's where the crux of the training is, right? And, and you're right. Like, you know, especially again, the world that I work in, I work with a lot of junior reps that, you know, they've, they haven't, they've never bought a car. They've never bought a condo. They've never bought anything that's like uh, expensive, right? Like, because you can, you could probably equate a B2B purchase to something, maybe a higher ticket item, like a house, right? Where you're probably going to yeah. go and speak with your spouse and like go back and forth and, and yeah. visit and stuff like that and, and make, determine some of your needs and, and, and whatnot. But uh, that's where the, the, the training and, and the coaching comes in, right? Like I think buyer's journey is to me is critical and, and you can always see, uh, you, you know, I, it always, pains me maybe again i'm dramatic today paul you know like these there's so many companies that are selling great products and great services and it's like they're not taking into account like how are people buying this and yeah, yeah there's a salesperson right in this this podcast is or this um show is mainly a sales driven uh but but that applies to sale to marketing and customer service as well. Right, the buyer's journey is not doesn't end at the sale. It doesn't start at the first phone call. Right, yeah. there's it's all part of the process. Like how are they gathering information? How are they getting educated? You yeah. know, like the stats have been out for a long time. You know, by the time somebody speaks with sales, they're already a good chunk down the way of their their buyer's yeah. journey, whether it's B two B or B two C. And so it's really critical that a company understands all those steps, right? That, that everything that happens, you know, before they speak to sales, while they're speaking with sales and after they speak with sales, um, yeah. is critical. That's interesting, Fab, because honestly, when I was thinking buyer's journey, I was really just thinking of the portion where the salesperson's there, but you're right. Every salesperson should go in to see what happens before they've even spoken to you. What's gone on in their journey? What's their knowledge? What are they doing? And what's going to happen afterwards? Very good point. Um, yeah, because if you think about it, you know, we talked about cold calling a lot um, in the past. And, you know, that's one of the bigger challenges with the cold call is that the the, the person you're speaking with might not have even started their buyer's journey, yeah. right? Like when you're when you're cold calling somebody, you have no idea where they are at. Like, yeah, once in a while, you're you're hoping that somebody's, you know, you follow the right place at the right time. But the reality is like most people have not. And and that's why the, the pre-sales part of your customer journey is, is just as critical as the sales part of your customer journey or your buyer's journey and, and the post-sale part as well. If, yeah, if sales and cross-sales are critical. To absolutely. Them. To understand. And if you are doing a full-on cool call where they know nothing about you, you need to know that they know nothing about you. And yeah. how do you get them in that frame of mind? Very good. Very, very good point. Thank yeah. you. We had to move on or else we won't finish. Next. Yeah. So how, and, and this is important because how does your, and this is not just like what's good about your product, but how does your product or service help them not just solve the challenge or the problem, but how does it help them achieve that objective that you discovered? So in essence, you're fixing a problem. You might be a very small piece of the pie, but you know if you're the ball bearing in the wheel, uh, the car's not going anywhere if you don't have any ball bearings. So, um, and if your objective is to go from Montreal to Toronto, well, you know you try getting from Montreal to Toronto without any ball bearings in your in your, you know. So, so essentially, uh, how how do you fit into that process? What are you helping them with? So you've considered their objectives. You've considered the buyer's journey, you know, like like we've just said, we've added the, the front end where, you know, where are they coming from? What's their universe before you even exist? And then 
Now, how, how will your product or service help them achieve not just the challenge or the opportunity, the objectives? And, and that's super important. So if you then again, you're putting yourself in the right state of mind because you're, you're looking at these five things before you start to go, OK, you know, this is where I'm going to go. And after that, um, then I'd say and I wrote these down to make sure how how does your and this is, I think, where you can add a lot of value here. How does your sales process, how does your sales process as a company or as an individual ensure that you are doing these things properly? So, you know, if we talk about a CRM that is enabling you to remember the steps you need to do. So your sales process is not just like a uh, introduction, say who I am, uh, talk about the product, whoa, 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 do a demo, close. <laughs> Yeah, your sales process should take these things into the consideration to make sure that you're in a state of mind, not just to talk about your product, but to understand what's going through. And, you know, I, I want to reiterate this is that what happens is you, you spend so much time learning about your product. You spend so much time learning about what it is that you guys do, you know, you're training everything internally. So, you, you know, you, you find out so much about your product that you, you naturally in your head, your head space is, is, is taken up with a lot more of what you do. And particularly if it's a complex product, like I was talking to some medical supplies people, I mean, they've got a ton of stuff in their heads. So they just come out there and, and, and their head is filled with this. Well, some of them might be forgetting about the objectives of the people in front of them. It's great. Mm -hmm got this medical tool, but the person using the medical tool doesn't really care about the medical tool. They're just trying to save a life <laughs> or yeah. they're trying to cure a cold or whatever it is they're trying to do. So, so your sales process should be reminding you this all the time. And I think, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's, and yeah, I mean, you're right because it's, 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 uh, easy let's say to talk about what we just talked about like right here on a podcast or even in a training session right yeah yeah it makes sense it makes sense right and and sales people will get excited your sales team will get excited with that but then is how do you remind them throughout the journey right because especially if you have a longer sales cycle right like a long time ago i worked with a client they had basically a a one call sale right so it's easy to in that call remember what's the what are they trying to achieve yes no boom it's sold or not sold uh, but when you have a longer, any longer is, is subjective, right? Even even a month long sales process where you need to have, you know, multiple calls and all that, it's easy to get bogged down into the nitty gritty where you have to, you know, uh, figure yourself out. So then how how does your sales process, how does your pipeline and HubSpot help you remind you, help remind you and remind the team of, you know, the buyer journey and how, what their objectives are and how you're going to help them achieve is is critical and it's funny you brought that up i was working i was helping a client out they're revamping kind of their the way they're tracking win loss one and win and lost reasons and um the product team came with very detailed asks and i'm like my initial reaction having worked with a lot of sales people was like no salesperson is ever going to ask any of this your answers are always going to be the first option in the drop down and that's it but then i was i was as i was helping implement them um I realize the coaching that needs to happen or the training that needs to happen is actually for the sales leaders because a lot of these really encourage to ask better questions, right? Because yeah. a lot of a lot of time a salesperson might say, might be told, oh well, we're already using your competitor. Okay, thanks, bye. And then that's it, right? But but 
if you're training your 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 sales leaders to to help their team ask better questions, it could be like, oh, great, you're well, great. It's maybe not great they're using a competitor, but you know, can I ask which competitor you're using? And then if you know your product and you know your competitors, you can say like, oh, well, you know, has I, I know com- companies that use X Y Z have a challenge with you know, ABC, is that something you're experimenting? And then you can continue having that conversation. So um, I definitely believe your CRM really needs to be set up to yeah. uh, understand that. But but more importantly, you have to train your team. You know, we talked all the time asking better questions, but your CRM can be set up uh, so that it forces them to ask better questions, right? Because if if they know that they'll need to fill out something in their CRM saying which competitor they've gone with, uh, you know, a, a sales rep has two options. They could lie and pick whichever one, the first one in the list, right? Or they can yeah, actually yeah, be truthful exactly. and, and ask the questions, right? And that's where the training comes in. And that's how the two work together, right? It's like, it's not about giving us the first answer in the dropdown menu. It's about asking better questions to maybe sell more, yes, hopefully, but also to gain better insights, right? Like, yeah. you know, which ones are better competitors? Like when when we're talking, and I'm just talking about the competitor, but there's like budget questions. Yeah, there's a bunch of other questions. And, yeah. and you know, one thing that we've talked a lot about on, offline and maybe even online before is um, the playbook. If you've got a playbook in your, if you've got a playbook attached to your CRM, well, then that's where you have ongoing training or reminders of what needs yeah. to be done. And, and this this is a really good one. Uh, if you've got a good playbook set up there, the sales leaders can lean on that to ensure that the, the, the salespeople are doing it properly. Again, if your sales, you know, if your CRM set up properly, it becomes an, a sales assistant reminding you to think of your client, not just of yourself. Um, yeah. And then the last um, point. And I'll say like, before we just move on to your last point, and I know you have a hard stop uh, in, in a few minutes, but, um, you know, what I'm realizing, you know, the more teams I work with, uh, is like, we're so in a rush to make a sale, right? Like salespeople are in a rush to make a sale. And so we build all these playbooks and we build all these required properties and we build all these stages. But at the end of the day, there's, there, I find there's, uh, the bigger challenge is like how to, uh, encouraging your team to use the resources that they have available. And, you know, they have like 15 calls back to back. And so they don't have time to read the playbooks. They're not reading the playbooks yeah. and, you know, their closing rates, suffer and i think as a sales leader uh your your sales process um you know there's a sales pipeline that's in your system but your sales process needs to include time for research and training in the moment right like why did you not read the playbook you know read the playbook before take five minutes you know these playbooks are not are not 16 pages long right they're there are a couple paragraphs or a short video. That's another thing too, your playbook's got to be set up so that it's, you know, it's, it's attuned to the typical uh, ADHD uh, salesperson of which I'm one. So, uh, <laughs> so you, you have to have, you have to have it set up so that it's interesting and, 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 and helps the people move forward. But yeah, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, and the last point I wanted to bring on, I think the fifth point is, it's about your state of mind. What do you do to ensure that you stay in the state of mind? Because you're consistently going to be dragged back into the, I know everything about my product, about my company. We talk about the company, we talk about the product. So what do you do to ensure that you stay in that state of mind and that, that you're going to stay customer focused? And, and to me, it requires two basic elements that you either have to have naturally or you have to develop. Because if you don't have them, it ain't going to work. Um, right. And, and that's curiosity 
um, and empathy. So if you have, if you ensure that your state of mind is always driving you towards curiosity and empathy, then you will be curious about your client. And then these things will happen naturally. And if you have empathy, well, then you're going to want to understand what's going on in their reality. So these things help you move forward. So either foster those, learn to have them or, or move in that direction. And if, if you're set up that way and your, 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 your sales process is set up that way, make sure you learn the buyer's journey, whatnot, and you, you, you foster that curiosity. And, and as a sales leader, you ensure that your, um, your salespeople are, are uh, exploiting their curious gene and are developing their empathy gene, you're, you're, you're going to be, uh, you know, 50% of the way there as, as, a, as a golden rule. I was talking to someone yeah. yesterday. Um, talking to someone just was it yesterday or the day before. It doesn't matter. Um, and we we were chatting about the fact that this person is extremely curious and wants to know so much more. So it comes very naturally for her to ask questions because she is genuinely curious about what's going on in the in the in the prospect's life. So this is a good way, and she has empathy, and she's she learns and she likes to learn. So it puts her in that natural state of mind. If you're, if your salesperson has all the difficulty in the world, developing that curiosity and that empathy, well, you're going to have a hard time putting yourself in a state of mind that you really want to know about your client's objectives. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's hard to disagree. Uh, I think where the challenge lies, especially for sales leaders is, is, is fostering that curiosity. empathy. those are not, those are not easy uh, behaviors and the emotion behind that are not easy to direct, you know, so, but it is definitely something in, important to keep in mind and to help foster. Uh, and I think the way you structure your trainings and your coachings can help that, right? Like, so if you're in your coachings, you're asking questions and you're being curious and you're taking the time to be curious and you're taking the time to be empathetic, that, you know, at least sets the ground rules to make that happen, in the day-to-day -day of your sales team. Well, and you know, I'll, I'll delve into human, I, I don't want to say psychology, but human nature. You know, most kids are curious. So at one point, yeah. most people were curious. So basically, if you want to foster that, you've got to help your salespeople find that curiosity again. And right. explain to them that, because, you know, often in school and the way we're brought up, we're brought up to, a bit of that curiosity is sometimes stifled, right? You learn this, yeah. you know, they're not encouraging you to ask questions. They're encouraging you to learn stuff. So yeah. you have to, you have to sort of go dig into people because I, I, I very rarely, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, of all the kids I've ever met and, you know, and, and when they're little, they're always curious. <laughs> yeah. They, we're mammals. Animals are curious. Little puppies are curious. It's just, it's your nature. So you want to, you want to foster that. You want to foster that gene and bring it back because most people have it. And you want to encourage yeah. it rather than stifle it because often in school we do stifle it. Hey, we don't have time for you to ask a million questions, John, just do the math exam. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, you're, you're right again, but I, I think that's hard. There's a lot of stuff to untangle and do to, to build that in people and to build that back. So maybe uh, number six needs uh, include psychologists in your, <laughs> in your. No, I mean, it definitely means like being aware of that when you're doing interviews, but it yeah. also means to me, you know, because we're talking to sales leaders, it's if you can foster that in yourself, you know, because it's easy to, easier to change yourself. Yeah. Um, then you know you have a chance of setting those um, 
that behavior and that culture within your team, right? If, if you're a sales leader that's like, boom, 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 and like next, and then, you know. You ask no questions yourself. Exactly. If you're a curious sales leader and you ask questions to your people, they're going to probably want to ask you questions. If you're asking them about them and what motivates them and what drives them, well, then you might do the same thing, right? It goes back to what I was talking, the example I was giving before, right? Which yeah. is like, if I'm a salesperson and I know I'm going to have to answer which competitor they're gone with, and I didn't ask that question, you know, I'm, I'll be ready the next time to ask yeah. that question. It's the yeah. same thing. If I know I'm going to go into a training or a coaching session because I have my one-on-one with my with my boss today, yeah. and he and and she's going to ask me like what their objectives were. And I didn't ask that. Well, in the long term, I'm going to learn how to ask those questions and yeah. to be prepared, uh, or at least the ones that want to stay with your team, right? The ones that are, yeah. don't believe in that or don't feel associated with that. Well, no, listen, I'm not, I'm not, a, this is not for me, right? This, this is, is not, not for me job. and they'll go find another job or you'll fire them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it's a good point. Um Hey, this this was uh, this was a good session. Um, on that que- on that note, I've got to ask you a question, Fab. Yeah, go for it. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? No, I don't do resolutions. Uh, okay. I used to try to find like guiding words and stuff like that. But I just find like uh, it's just all too arbitrary. Like, why January first? You know, like if we were in China, it'd be whatever Chinese New Year's is, and uh, you know, everybody. Uh, there's so many different New Year's. There's so many things. I think it's too arbitrary, and it, it sets ourselves up for failure. Uh, I just have general goals of where I want to bring the business, okay. uh, and if that takes a year or six years or three weeks, you know, like. Okay, so you okay. set your goals when you need to set them. You don't wait for the new year. Yeah, but not. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like you too. I like, like why wait, right? Um, yeah. you're trying to do something. Why wait till January 1st? Just do it all yeah. the time. So, uh, good one. Yeah. And, yeah. That, that's good. Well, I'm asking, I'm happy I asked that question. I had some curiosity. <laughs> I see what you did there. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, Paul, this has been fun. yeah. So those are the top five things. So quickly, I'll just run through them quickly. Understand number one, understand your client's objectives. Number two, uh, think of the buyer's journey. Number three, how does your product or service help them achieve their objective, not just a challenge? Number four, you know, try to mash that all up into your sales process as a reminder. And then number five, how do you keep yourself in this state of mind? It's really curiosity and empathy. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Awesome. Love Very you cool. all. See you guys later. Take care, Paul. Bye. Bye. Take care. Thanks.